You're listening to Drum Sex. And before we help you have the best sex of your life, we must put a warning that this podcast does contain mature themes. If you're cool with that, welcome to the show. Imagine this. It's Valentine's Day. And you and your partner have planned a romantic trip. Locally, of course. You enjoy an intimacy-filled weekend where you enjoy lots of food and even more sex. You wake up in the morning after an unforgettable night and go to pee. And it burns. You're suddenly in a world of pain and after some frequent visits to the loo, you start peeing blood. The weekend seems ruined and your partner rushes you to the doctor's office for some tests. And everything and anything is going through your mind. Do you have an STI? No, it can't be. You're in a monogamous relationship. Could it be a UTI? No, they've never been this horrible and unbearable. All these thoughts flood your mind as you wait for the doctor to return with your results. And just then, he walks into the room and chuckles a bit before he says, You seem to have come down with a severe case of honeymoon cystitis. Honeymoon what now? Honeymoon cystitis is a type of bladder infection that can be caused by sex, and it doesn't only happen to married people. Although this is a colloquial and almost cutesy name used by doctors to describe this type of UTI, it can be very painful and can lead to a kidney infection if left untreated. While not all UTIs are caused by sex, and a UTI could never be classified as a sexually transmitted infection, having sex does increase the risk of getting a UTI. UTIs are caused by a bacteria that has no business being in the bladder, somehow finding its way up there during sex. And if you're having a lot of sex in a short space of time, the chances of this bacteria finding its way up into your urethra increase exponentially. To learn more about what this kind of UTI is and how we can have as much sex as we want while trying to avoid getting it, we spoke to best-selling author and one of SA's favorite gynecologists and sexologists, Dr. Tleleng Mofuking, a.k.a. Dr. T. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, that one always makes me chuckle uh, because I've got a few, you know, examples and experiences with assisting, you know, some women. Um, even if it's not just honeymoon, you know, the getaway or the staycations or whatever they are, um, you know, yeah. So the truth is it does exist as a thing. Um, and I can speak to you in more details just in terms of causes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, all respecters. So having um, sex, right, can result in bacteria being pushed into the urethra. And the urethra is that tube um, that your urine comes through. And if you have female external genitalia, you will have the vaginal opening that's quite close to the urethra. Mm-hmm. So any and every substance, any bacteria, any virus has a risk of 
getting and ending up in your bladder. And so I, I always call it binge sex, you know, when people are binging on sex, um, even those <laughs> who are in long distance relationships, those who are going on honeymoon and they're having lots and lots and lots and lots of sex, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. However, you do need to know that it can happen that at some point you may get um, what we call, you know, honeymoon cystitis and we can go into the symptoms um, um, later on. Yeah. Um, so, so how do you know if you have honeymoon cystitis or just a normal UTI? What, what symptoms differentiate the two? So the, the cystitis is happening in the bladder so it's the inflammation of the bladder right and most of the time because the inflammation is caused by a bacteria it is then called a urinary tract infection because you can have cystitis that is non-infective right if you've been in hospital and you had a catheter inserted for too long or you have um you know some radiation or um for example if people are using like bubble bath and feminine sprays and spermicide gels, those can also cause cystitis. It's only called a urinary tract infection when the inflammation is caused by a bacteria. And so um, cystitis doesn't necessarily need treatment or like antibiotics, but if you've got a urinary tract infection, you may very well require Um, you know, treatment like antibiotics. So the symptoms that you may have can be a strong, persistent urge to urinate, a burning sensation when you are passing urine, um, passing frequent but small amounts of urine. Sometimes there may even be blood in your urine. And when you look at the urine itself, it may be very cloudy with a very strong smell. You may also have pelvic discomfort, you know, and having this feeling that there's some pressure lower down in your abdomen. And if the infection is really more widespread, you may even get a low grade um, fever as well. And, And as these symptoms progress, what's the worst case scenario that can happen if you don't get treatment? So the worst thing that could happen is that you are going to develop um kidney infection right because remember your bladder is connected to your kidneys via another tube and you may have those tubes themselves being inflamed up to a point where your kidneys themselves have an infection and kidneys are very very delicate organs in the system and we need them to filter not just urine but to filter other toxins and filter blood as well And so you may experience symptoms like fever and chills. You may have back or side pain as well. You may also have nausea and vomiting. And if you develop any of these symptoms, um, you will need to see your doctor, especially if the frequency and the painful urination lasts for several hours. um, Or if you notice blood, for example, in your urine, it's very, very important um, to see your doctor um, should you have these symptoms so that they can best assist you when they do a urine test to tell you immediately what the urine test shows, but they can also take your urine to the lab so that the lab can then tell us which antibiotics to use and what organisms are causing that infection. 
Okay, this sounds like a lot. So should it be a cause of worry for someone who wants to have a lot of sex this Valentine's Day and kind of just enjoy themselves? Should it be something <laughs> to worry about? <laughs> Look, um, I always say when you are, you know, having and thinking about sexual pleasure and all of the things that you want to do during sex, right? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. But I think a lot of us need to think about sex and sexuality and how to enhance the chance of having pleasurable sex. And one of the things starts with consent, right? Mm -hmm. We may be talking about cystitis and infection, but it's very important to understand that before you can even have pleasurable experiences, you have to have consensual experiences in terms of sex. So mm -hmm. that's number one. Number two Drink plenty of liquids, especially water, right? It's important because water helps your kidneys to flush out any toxins. And also, if you feel like you need to urinate, don't delay. Go and urinate because it means your bladder is already distended. It's already full. It needs to just let go of that urine. The longer that urine sits in there, the higher the chances of um, you know, bacterial growth and all of those things. And here's an important one. Mm -hmm. I always say people must pee before sex and also pee after sex. The other important thing is when you are wiping, it is better to wipe your vagina from the front towards the back, mm -hmm. especially after you have passed stools because you don't want the bacteria that's coming from the anal region spreading to the vagina and into the urethra so that's just a habit that everyone has to have and if you really really want to get romantic take that shower take that bath right and soak but make sure that you are not using uh, products that are heavily perfumed um, that are going to cause ph imbalances and cause irritation around um, your vagina and most importantly do not insert any food or any sugar substances near your vulva or your vagina, even for Valentine's Day. Reserve food substances and sugar for the mouth and for the lips and for the rest of the body, but nowhere near your genitals. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for that. One, uh, speaking about your book, A Guide to Sexual Health and Pleasure, one of um, the chapters that really interested me was on UTIs. Um, so do you want, I know you have a revised version of your book out right now. Do you just want to speak a little bit about that and just encourage people to go out and buy it because it's so, so good. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. So the updated version includes sexual pleasure in the time of COVID-19 because I think early on, you know, we were all understanding that we have to be physically distanced from people we don't live with. And then the president said, uh-uh, no kissing. And all of us were like, ah. Oh, that, that, that was a dark time. That was a dark time. That was a very dark time. <laughs> and at the time, you know, the research was still emerging in terms of is COVID-19 transmitted through vaginal fluid, through seminal mm. fluid, through saliva, how, you know, the research was so dynamic and changing. And I found it important to include some ideas and some tips on sexual health and pleasure during COVID-19, you know, mm -hmm. things like having sex, you know, while you are wearing a mask. I know it sounds weird, but mm -hmm. if you really, really, really want to have sex and you really, really want to be safe, put your mask on 
um and even for example right because the guidelines say don't have sex with people you are not living with listen the truth is especially as us south africans we know mm-hmm. ne? we know mm-hmm. we are having <laughs> sex with people we live with we don't live with we can travel three hours just True. for pleasure that mm-hmm. we do and, and i'm telling you from <laughs> you know from from experience we're willing so to it's risk important it all. to be realistic we wouldn't to risk it all and we risk it all all the time so put your mask on when you do engage in in, in sexual activity use those sexual positions that are not going to be all of both of you breathing directly into each other's faces mm-hmm. um and i mean look if you can avoid it you know ultimately it's about saving your life here it's about yeah. avoiding sexual contact with people you don't live with but for example i'm a medical doctor and i see patients so it means mm-hmm. every single day it's day zero for me because any day i could be exposed to covid in my line of work so mm-hmm. what does it mean for myself and my partner even though we live together but occupationally I'm at high risk. I address some of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also important, I think, to talk about um, uh, relationships a little bit more. So there is a, a chapter on coercive control just mm-hmm. to assist people with um, validating and understanding those little red flags. You know that little feeling in your stomach and you think, ah, it's just nothing. Let me ignore it. Mm. Or ah, let me see how we go. Maybe he didn't mean that or maybe she didn't mean that. And just to assist all of us understand Mm -hmm. how coercion works in relationships, how controlling of people works in relationships Mm -hmm. and how to be aware and how to seek help. Because as much as South Africans, we understand gender-based violence broadly as this physical violence. Mm -hmm. I wanted to speak about psychological, economic um, violence that we often don't speak about and then how to come out of that situation because you know someone said to me she said dr t you know i love your book but the point the truth is some of us are having this pleasurable sex with people that aren't really good for us yeah so how do we balance having the sexuals but knowing that there's a red flag here and this person isn't right for me. So I speak a little bit about how to navigate those difficult situations. And I've had patients, by the way, right, mm-hmm. who inspired me to write that chapter because some of them said, look, we, we are getting divorced. And, and the reason we are getting divorced is because, you know, we can't work through certain things. Yeah. But while we are getting divorced, we are still living together because the house is still ours. But Rajola, we want other people too. And mm-hmm. when we are together in this house, we are also going to have sex. Can you assist us process all of this and how do we deal with this? So relationships are complex and that's why I added that um, chapter as well about relationships in the, in the latest um, paperback edition, which is a bestseller. <laughs> so thank you all. <laughs> If you want to engage more with Dr. T's work, you can purchase her updated book, A Guide to Sexual Health and Pleasure. You can also follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Tleling. This podcast was hosted by me, Pam Magwaza. It was produced by the drum team. Music was provided by Getty Music. Special thanks to Dr. T for her expert advice and thank you for listening. Remember to always practice safe and consensual sex. See you soon.